Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. What is up, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. This time, a bit of a fun, special one. So, a bit of a background. We've been making lots of videos on tech for a long time, right? Lots of consumer electronics, lots of tech companies and the stories behind them. Uh, but you might have noticed lately in the past couple of years, we've seen more and more climate-related messaging from these companies as we all sort of get on the same page that they should be more responsible about their impact on the climate. You might have remembered the sketch with Tim Cook and Mother Nature in the last Apple event, or any number of various quotes about percent of recycled materials and this and sustainability, reusability, that in any sort of keynotes we've been noticing lately. And I wanna be able to analyze all that, but I don't know nearly enough about it to make really good analysis of that. So this episode, we have someone who can. So Raleigh from Climate Town is joining us. David's to my left, Raleigh's to my right. We're gonna talk about all of these, these companies, their claims. We're gonna zoom out as far as we can to try to understand what they're doing and what they maybe should be doing. And uh, I think this is a really good conversation to have. So Raleigh, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be in the in the lair. Yeah, in the hot seat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a ton of questions and I feel like probably the best place to start is with what you do. So your YouTube channel, Climate Town. I've watched a bunch of the videos. Thank you so much. Some of them incredibly informative about things that I never would have even thought to look into, like recycling, uh, the latest one about roads, a oh, lot yeah. of really good stuff. What is your uh, what is your elevator pitch? How do you describe what you do when people ask? That's my favorite question to ask creators. Um, my elevator, I've, I've finally gotten around to telling people at parties that like, they're like, what do you do? And I say, I'm a YouTuber. Okay. And I, I don't have to like back yeah. up and be like, ah, I like to do climate <laughs> stuff. Um, are, do we, can we swear on this? Yeah. There's like bleeping. Yeah, cool. yeah we'll bleep. Um, so my, my new elevator pitch is that I'm like a extremely low budget John Oliver. We're like, we're trying to get to that sort of, <laughs> yeah. or like John Wilson and John Oliver kind of together. Cause we, yeah. we go out and into the field and taught and like, you know, on location shooting, but it's always based on something about the climate crisis. Yeah. That's the, that's the vaguest pitch that and I, I think stumbled the, over. The, the natural follow-up question would be, why is that the topic that you dive into so often? So what the answer to that being your education, can you talk yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah. So I used to make billiards videos, 
very regularly. I, yeah. I my my start on YouTube was as a billiards influencer, huh. and oh wow, yeah, and like th they're out there. Good we thing exist. We put the ping pong table up, and not the pool table. We do have a billiards table. I saw. It. I, yeah. I clocked that. You have four yeah. sticks, but they're all the same kind, which means like we're bought in bulk, which means they're probably not high end. We're sticks. pretty <laughs> average. Whoops. I was I was clocking it. I was trying to see if these guys were hustlers or not. Um, but that's, that doesn't mean you're not. You could have them and be like, oh yeah, these second and then, layer of hustling. That's yeah. right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did like a bunch of pool videos, and I kind of like honed my chops of editing and hosting through the pool videos. Mm. And then I I moved to New York to do comedy in the first place. So I was doing a comedy show, and I. Was the question, how did I get into this? Sorry, I totally... Why, <laughs> why climb it as the topic? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was doing a comedy show, and I was... The comedy show was like, I'm a sort of a strung-out Al Gore kind of figure, doing like an I told you so tour. Like, uh, I called it, I knew mm -hmm. it was climate change was happening. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had enough climate experts and climate scientists on the show, like, in a comedic way. Like, I'd interview them in character, and then we'd have, like, comedians from... SNL and Jimmy Fallon come on the show because they're they're all in New York. You right. can just get them. You can throw a little net out and they'll come running. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, six months into doing this show and enough conversations with these like climate scientists around the, a beer after the show, and we're like, so we're going to be fine, right? And they're like, no, no, <laughs> we're way further away from from uh, where we need to be. And yeah. so then I I was like, okay, well if I go back to grad school and study climate science and policy, I can make a really good comedy show. And maybe through that, mm. I can like be a good climate communicator. So then I did that. And that's where that's the show came from. Interesting. Around. How yeah. long did that take you to complete? Um, it was a two year, uh, I took, I did the program in two years, but one of the years, one and a half of the years were during COVID. So it was like, oh. it was a very expensive University of Phoenix, mm -hmm. but it was Columbia. So they charged Columbia prices for like Ooh. not really knowing how to do an online institution. <laughs> yeah. Super early in that. Yeah. So coming out the other side of that now, you've seen, you've learned a lot about the climate and the situation we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. Have you also noticed this increase in messaging from these tech companies? I don't know how many keynotes you get to watch, but they all sort of seem to talk about recycling at some point now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's certainly as of like the 2015s with the Paris Climate Accord, like mm -hmm. that sort of sparked this avalanche of like, Climate pledges and companies realizing like that consumers really were interested in having a planet where they could still, you know, fish and ski and that. Mm -hmm. So I think they're realizing like, oh, this is going to be an important piece of our company going forward. And so they're all getting on on board with like pledges, which are not actions, but yeah, they're close. Huge difference between promises and what we actually see happen. Sure, yeah. Um, and something we also talk about a lot when we see these promises is how much does X company actually care? Like trying to judge based on their promise mm. and their actions, does it seem like they actually care about the environment? Uh, and that I'm, is a tough question. <laughs> I, you know what, I, it, it's, almost not, it's, it's almost not a question I think is that meaningful to their actions. Because you don't have to care about the planet to do a good thing for the planet and you could care about the planet and do a bad thing for the planet right? right like i don't i don't really care if apple wants me to have a nice evening out but like mm -hmm. if they are you know promoting recite and if they're they're truly like trying to recollect all of their cobalt for instance to reuse in their batteries like that's a 
whether it's for their marketing or for the planet, right. I don't care. You know, still like, just it. get the cobalt. Yeah, yeah. totally fair. There get was, the cobalt. There was yeah. a, a thing in the most recent Apple keynote where they were like, we now can fit way more Apple Watches on one car, which is great <laughs> for the environment. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, that's saving you a lot on shipping costs. Yeah. So I guess it can be both, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, the only way they're going to do this is if it is both. Yeah. Which sucks for us, but like them's the breaks. Like mm -hmm. that's the that's the system that we ha not so much voted for, but that the corporate interests have like lobbied for, right. and like you know, it's it's sort of a you got to do a double pronged attack, single prong, no two prongs. A prong is an individual thing. Okay, right. double pronged attack. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I feel like the way I I see that is every decision that we see a public facing company make always has the public facing reason and then mm -hmm. the private reason. Usually it's, this makes us look good, this makes us more money, but also like, we care about the money a lot. That's kind of what we do. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's their whole thing. It's kind of our whole deal, in is fact, making a lot legally, of money. In fact, legally, like they have, yeah. the, the fiduciary obligation to the shareholders and the board of directors, like you have to grow, yep. you have to make money, and you have to make the decisions that you can justify will make you the most money or they will fire you. Yep. Yeah, and so like, yeah, I don't know, It's it's a tough system to uh, yeah. have a beneficial outcome from. So in the context of all of this, knowing that these companies need to make money and that they have this massive impact on the environment and knowing that we are in a particularly delicate place with our climate right now, I figured we'd go over these like three big bullet points. Maybe they're not even the best bullet points. You can let me know. But these three big bullet points that I think encapsulate a pretty good understanding of everything that we'll need to know to make decisions about these companies. Those being carbon emissions, clean energy, and recycling. We see a lot about all these things. I think we'll probably talk a lot about Apple in this because they are so public about it, but mm -hmm. a lot of companies sort of follow in their footsteps and do similar stuff. So I'll start with carbon emissions just in general. Well, first we should just set the baseline. What are carbon emissions and why are they bad? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just so we all on the same page. What is sure. carbon on the periodic table? Uh, element six. Nice. Yeah, I got it. Okay, I had to go through that in my head. Yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, it's an incredible element, right? It's, it forms tetrahedral bonds at a 109.5 degree bond angle. I nice. think that's right. You can look that up. That one. Did I you take know. organic chemistry? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I TA'd an organic chemistry class. Oh, so you got Damn, it. so that's yeah, the correct yeah. angle. Okay. I, I, I hope so. Somebody <laughs> is going to be like, mm, actually, uh, that's... <laughs> Is it um, possible for humans to form that kind of bond as well? Um, oh you you two certainly have that bond. I, you could see it a mile away. You don't have to be a chemistry teacher to see your chemistry, you guys. Fair. Okay. Um, wow. That that in my head, I was like, this is gonna kill, but uh, <laughs> it really, really thudded. Anyway, uh, yeah. So carbon dioxide is a byproduct of burning fossil fuels or any hydrocarbon, really. Um, and it uh, it's a gas. It's a greenhouse gas, which means it will off into the atmosphere and capture uh, infrared radiation and re-radiate it back out. So it doesn't it doesn't capture incoming UV rays. So that comes into the planet and then it hits the planet, which heats up and it pops off infrared radiation. And then that gets captured by carbon dioxide, but also other gases, methane, um, NOx. Like there's a lot of different, there's like sulfur hexafluoride that's mm. got like 20,000 times the heat 
Jesus. Re retention capacity of really? CO2. Yeah, that's the, you use it in power lines for insulation. Hmm. Do you think that we focus too much on carbon and not enough on other stuff? No. If anything, I focus too much on other stuff in that last sentence. Okay. Like carbon dioxide <laughs> is the, I mean, it, carbon dioxide and methane are kind of the two, the yeah. two mm. big bads of the current moment. But yeah, these are these are um, pollutants. They capture energy, and that energy it's like a blanket on the earth, right? It just heats up the earth, yeah. Which would be fine, except for we've sort of created all of our systems to work in a certain biome and environment, and like we're rapidly changing that environment. So we're yeah. slowly ruining all of the systems that we've we've developed in. So that's carbon dioxide. What was the question? No, I'm so perfect. sorry. That's perfect. <laughs> I think because we just want to establish, like, we all know that. Emitting too much carbon in the atmosphere is bad. Right. And these giant tech companies who are manufacturing millions and millions of products and shipping them all over the world and people plugging in these products, like there's a ton of carbon emissions that come from them doing business. And so their goal is going to be to minimize their impact on the environment. And so what they're telling us they're doing is minimizing their carbon footprint hmm. and, quote, becoming carbon neutral. But I think you kind of have to look past that title into what they're actually doing and what that means to decide if it's working or not. Um, I think the sort of famous one that we all see is Apple wants to be entirely carbon neutral as a company mm. by 2030. Mm. Apple's a big company, so that's a big promise. Huge buildings, huge manufacturing, suppliers all over the world, shipping all over the world. It seems impossible that they can do all that without emitting any carbon. So how are they going to do this? How are they going to reduce their carbon footprint to actually be zero? Yeah, so the short answer is they're not going to do that. Um, but the but what they can do is a sort of accounting technique that uh, they emit as much carbon as they're going to emit. They try to reduce it, and then they offset the rest of the carbon by by, like, the easiest way, to, like, there's a thing called carbon offsets, which I suspect we'll be talking about pretty shortly yeah. here. Yeah. But um, they're going to, you know, you, you they probably can't reduce their carbon output to zero. Mm -hmm. So they're going to figure out what they're going to try to figure out how much they're emitting and then pay other people not to emit it or pay for uh, projects that are removing carbon from the atmosphere, like timber projects that grow trees and then sequester the carbon from the trees or an, a hundred other techniques and uh, with yeah. various degrees of like how effective they are i heard there's one where they just scoop it out of the atmosphere and put it underground is that real oh yeah that's uh that's what's called dac or uh, direct air carbon capture and sequestration but yeah. they don't the scoop is more like pulverized limestone and they Sick. like yeah, it takes so much energy to do it. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just like always more efficient to just not emit it in the first place. Right. But, yeah. But they're a tech company, so they want to probably yeah. do the tech part. So I found it's it's interesting watching what Apple does because they kind of do a little of everything all over the board. Mm. I found that they, number one, obviously still emit some carbon. So they do have to do some amount of carbon capture to make up for what they emit. But on the other hand, they also are attempting to make a difference in how much carbon and how sustainable their processes are in the first place, yeah. which I think is way more noble and way more impactful, um, which we can talk about more. But I think in general, it's it's important to understand that you kind of at that scale can't be carbon neutral. You will be emitting a ton of carbon. It's just a matter of how much you value the other part of that equation, like removing carbon from the atmosphere 
or you said paying others to not emit. Is that also a real? Yeah, there's like, I mean, there's a lot of ways to offset your carbon. So like carbon neutrality is is not so much like zero, zero. It's like, you know, a hundred million tons over the course of a few okay. years. And then you you like account for a hundred million tons not going into the atmosphere or coming out of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So like there is no version of this where like Apple does zero, right? And they and they know that. And I mean they would they would like to not emit any carbon dioxide. That would be great. But like yeah. they have to or they feel they have to. Um yeah, so uh so they are gonna find some way to to balance that equation out theoretically. When you said that they pay people to not emit carbon, that mm. seems like a, a loophole where couldn't people just come in and say, we're going to emit this unless you give us money? I mean, there therein lies the problem with carbon offsetting. And in that actually exists in like all carbon offsets. So for instance, if you want to like, oh, hey, I want to emit a ton of carbon. So I'm going to, there's a forest that's going to get cut down and turned into they're just gonna burn it for fun. There's like a group, maybe there's a group of people who just like like burning fire or something. Um, so you're saying, okay, no to that group. We're gonna pay for this forest to be protected and then that's gonna offset, right? Which kind of works, right? If they were gonna burn it and then you stopped them from burning it, that kind of works. But if they were just thinking about it or weren't gonna burn it in the first place, then it's like you can say, "Hey, will you just say you were gonna burn it?" Yeah. Or, but Apple's not going to be like, "Hey, to tell them you were gonna destroy this forest." They're trying to do their best, but yeah, I sure. mean, these are just really, really hard projects to prove that they're additional. So, like, additionality is an important part of yeah. carbon offsetting. Has there been a whole industry that's popped up around like not emitting in order to make money? Um, yeah, I mean, that's the offset industry. They're, they're, it's either removal or maintenance of a forest. And there's a lot of, like, there are many, many, many examples of a already protected forest that they're like, oh, now it's an offset. So mm-hmm. we're going to, like, not burn this down. We weren't ever going to clear cut it, but we're going to say we're not clear cutting it now. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes sense, because if you have a forest and you're like, I'm going to be a good person and I'm not going to clear cut this forest, I'm going to leave this forest. And then somebody who was going to cut their forest down, gets a bunch of money for the offsets. You're like, what the hell? I was the good person. Mm. I should get mm. that money. So it's just like, right. it's sort of like capitalism is not the best system for maintaining a livable climate. Interesting. Mm. And I know I'm the first person to think that and say that. <laughs> it's a hot take. Yeah. Yeah. I do have, I, I feel like my favorite way to understand more complex topics is to make analogies for it. And I feel like when you describe like net zero carbon impact, mm. if if you can oversimplify it to like you're driving a car, if you drive this car 100 yards, <laughs> it will go off the edge of a cliff. Right. So I understand that my whole business is to drive the car, but if I can pay someone else not to drive their car, then I can still drive my car forward. If you could pay someone to drive in reverse, if I can pay yards. someone else to drive backwards, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or maybe I drive forward and then drive backwards, where it's like, yeah, technically, you <laughs> well, techni- no, no, that is technically, yeah, you have removed the carbon dioxide yeah, from the first. If you remove it, the you forward, did it. yeah, yeah. So there, there's like a sort of a, a a dance that they have to do to be able to justify, you know, net carbon zero. Certainly, That's and it, and it's a dance that they, you know, like to be clear, they are not required to do this dance. That's right? true. They're not required to buy offsets, and they're not required really in 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 most jurisdictions. They don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the the problem where like. A lot of these offsets are, mm-hmm. some of them are not, and we should be encouraging 
investing in offsetting projects, be it like forest protection or um, direct air carbon capture. I mean, like that's probably going to be a thing that we have to do because we can't reduce our emissions. So like this is a good thing to encourage and do. But then companies are like, okay, great. We're just going to like throw 100K at this like solar farm and then we're going to do whatever we want to do. So it's like a get out of jail free card. And that's not how we should think about it. So there's been this trend in the last couple of years where a lot of smartphone manufacturers in particular, but this is happening kind of throughout the industry, they've slowly been removing the stuff that they give you in the box. Mm. And their whole reasoning for doing this is like, oh, we're saving the environment by not giving you a charger or we're now using cardboard and the boxes are way slimmer and yeah, we can fit way more on our truck, but Mm. it's better for the environment. But the bigger bigger question is like the chargers and that kind of stuff. Do you think, I mean, again, like we talked about earlier, it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. Like it doesn't have to be bad for their business in order to also be good for the environment. But like in that trend in particular, where do you think that leans? I mean, it's it feels it feels case dependent, but it does feel a little bit markety speech. It's like you know, like kind of the bug not or feature not a bug uh-huh, speech. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, you you were supposed to be able to clip right through that wall and like pop right into the boss's chamber. We made that, you know, well we wanted to do that. Yeah, it feels like here's the thing about like modern marketing teams. They're very smart, and right. they're like. You know, we saw Don Draper in Mad Men. There's like a million of those people and they've all seen Mad Men. Like they have the background already. They know how to spin anything mm-hmm. and they're just spinning. You know, you could you could you could throw like a hundred problems with the iPhone at a, a marketing guy and they, he, they'd be out by lunch. You know, and they'd <laughs> yeah. be like, no problem. What else you got? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of my, okay, an analogy I've told before, I think on the podcast already actually, but I, I'll use it again, is you've seen those YouTube videos where like someone will go up to a homeless person and give them a hundred bucks. And then it's like, you get this cool reaction on camera and you're like, see, I did a good deed, but it's like, okay, but you had like a camera going and it doesn't really feel as much of a good deed. Right. But also technically you still did a good thing. I mean, I bet, thing. I bet the person who got the hundred dollars was like, the, sick. Exactly. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. That's, and I think that's the interesting thing is like, okay, you, you said they're not required to do any of the things that they're doing, mm-hmm. but there is sort of a feel good angle to it. And there's also the whole pushing the responsibility onto the customer angle a little mm-hmm. bit. I wonder, do you think people actually buy more things because they are more environmentally friendly? Or is as, that as in do people like uh, offset the environmental friendliness by over purchasing, or do you think people purchase based on knowing something is environmentally friendly? Yeah, or even just think feel better about a purchase because of that slide in the presentation. Maybe. Yes, absolutely. I think that's in fact that's like if it wasn't if that wasn't the case, companies would stop doing it because like it is such an effective marketing tool, especially like. There is a real climate crisis happening. And mm-hmm. so like <laughs> a company that's like, oh, right, the, we'll use this crisis. And then people who are worried about this crisis will buy the thing. Yeah. And it's like the company maybe isn't doing it to be like a Machiavellian like puppet master because the company probably the marketing team is like, yeah, we don't want it to be a climate crisis. Like I wish it, the climate was great. So like everyone is kind of you know, like leaning into the problem a little bit in a way that I don't think is terribly nefarious individually, but you don't judge a system on what you want the system to do. You judge it on what the outcomes are. And I think in this case, the outcomes are like, 
we're really consumeristic. Is that that's a word, right? Consumeristic. It can be. I'm going with yes. Words, Cons- are, words aren't really. The, anyway. Our consumerism is out the charts. Um, and we're certainly purchasing more and more now, and there's certainly like more claims of sustainability, mm-hmm. and we're still emitting way, way, way too much carbon dioxide, or carbon dioxide equivalent. Right. And you can even clip this part <laughs> and put it into the other part, because carbon dioxide equivalent is like how much the other greenhouse gases contribute oh. using carbon dioxide as a benchmark. So it could be 10 times as much of a less oh. potent chicken that has the same effect as right. one-tenth of the amount of carbon dioxide. Yeah, wow, yes, yeah. Sorry, I had to, I had to yeah, do that yeah, math, yeah. but I think that's right. And mo- mostly it's, you use it for like, for, so for instance, methane is like 22 times more potent than carbon dioxide oh. and 80 times more potent over a 20-year period. So like, wow. you just count that into um, the carbon dioxide. So like every methane molecule you count it as like 22 mm. molecules. So that's actually really interesting. There's a difference you're saying between just the pure amount of emissions or how, how effective it is over time, how much impact you have over time. Yeah. Yeah. So methane degrades in the atmosphere uh, a little faster than carbon dioxide does that. That stays around forever. It's mm. like, oh. it's like X body spray. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it smells terrible. Um, no. Uh, yeah. So methane degrades a lot faster than carbon dioxide, but over a 20 year time horizon, which is the time horizon that we're living in and probably care most about, because that's when like a lot of the heating that we're trying to, you know, prevent is locked in Mm. methane is like even more potent than co2 and so is it potentially true that in a lot of these like carbon emissions statements they're using carbon emissions equivalents and maybe there's a mix of things in there that might add up to zero but it's kind of muddy now that there's different factors i mean they they should be using carbon dioxide equivalent because that that takes all the carbon dioxide and includes all the other gases that are doing what carbon dioxide is doing but worse and faster yeah so like you want to use co2 equivalent so when someone says they're carbon neutral usually they're talking or they're they're talking about trying to be carbon dioxide and the other greenhouse gases neutral got it so um they are just like co2 is the benchmark so it's not like um in 10 years their co2 equivalent will go down because it's degraded it's like that's what their 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 output was Hmm. sort of became the blanket term yeah yeah got it yeah sick well i think we have i'm gonna take a quick break we have a lot more to talk about from clean energy to recycling and electricity and all that but uh stay with us we'll be right back Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. 
Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic's dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right, welcome back. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about. I think a, a, probably a good packaging way to to end the carbon neutrality part is it feels like it's both a real thing, a real concept, and an accounting practice. Yeah. And that's probably how we should look at it, just because there's a lot going on to equal carbon zero. Yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. Also, like we want to encourage companies to do their best to have the best possible versions of the offsets right. yep. that are like certified and fundamentally permanent and not duplicative a real word mm -hmm. and uh, additional and these are like these are things that they know and and the the better the offsets are the more real their neutrality is right yeah yeah so that brings us to clean energy oh there's a whole another topic clean energy <sighs> how would you describe clean <laughs> energy there's a thousand different ways you could probably define it but in the context of tech companies and all the energy they use, how would you def define clean energy? Yeah, I think clean energy is energy generation that is low carbon. I think for me, the cleanliness factor is is how low of carbon it is. I think when you get into burning coal, you get even dirtier, worse byproducts. Um, and so, but luckily America is like pretty much off coal for the most part. And you know, like it's really expensive to run a coal generation facility, so we're we're sort of on the outs with coal. All I mean, remember this is like a global problem, and and eighty percent of the world's energy is still fossil fuels, and a lot of that is coal in mm. across the world. So like, it's still a huge problem. But clean energy is something that uses uh, as low carbon as possible. So that's going to be wind, solar, hydro. That's going to be geothermal and nuclear, and I'm probably missing forty of them. But but these are these wind. are sources. Did I? Oh, I certainly. No, you said, yeah, come I on, said I definitely said oh, wind, right? Oh, yeah, I think, I think you said so. wind. Now, oh, but thank the, God. In general, run it back, run it back right now, <laughs> and do a slow mo of me going. Wind. Are any of these methods carbon zero emitting? No, I mean, like, look, we're sitting here talking and we're carbon positive. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all excreting carbon dioxide. Yes. Which is like a thing that these <laughs> are like, oh, you, you want you want climate change to end and yet you drink from a water bottle? Curious, you, you know? You like, breathe. Bro, you breathe? Yeah. And Seriously? so, like, you we're... You society, but yet you exist in it. Right. Like, <laughs> pick a flag, brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I, uh, I definitely want to... Like, we're all emitting currently. So nothing that you're going to to do even like the walk to a water well is carbon excreted because you're breathing out yeah um but also like and that's not and, and that that sounds like i'm minimizing the amount of carbon required for like a wind turbine and i don't want to do that because it's a fucking lot of carbon required for all of this setup mm -hmm. um solar solar panels like they do also take carbon uh to to produce and to set up and to a little bit to run 
But like once you're through the setup phase, like amortizing that over a, yeah. a handful of years, and then you're you're good on the carbon side. Is there one of those that you think is the most effective slash you would like to see more of throughout the world? I mean, so one nice thing about like solar and wind is that they are officially the cheapest form of energy now. Like the cost curve for those two has just fallen off of a cliff. Mm -hmm. And now like in the past 10 years, like solar power has dropped 90% in wow. the price. Wow, that's and, crazy. Yeah, it's like we've, we've just marched it all the way down the cost curve. So I think like I would like to, personally I wanna see more battery installation. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the, that is the like fix for intermittency there's also i i know i know all of the things that it's online say and so i'm going to say you're that going down the rabbit holes in your head before we even get there deeply yeah. yeah um and it's like well yeah but like at night you can't get solar power and the wind doesn't always blow what do you do then huh sheeple you know like and then you need your coal to burn um and the answer is like well yeah but that's how the grid was set up when all we had was coal mm -hmm. you know like why are we judging these new technologies by like this, the benchmarks of the 1800s. You sure. know? The way to cut the intermittency of renewable energy like solar and wind is battery storage. So you like extra juice the, these batteries when you are, when you have too much solar yep. and then you're able to like cut that, cut that, uh, the drop off. Yeah, I did a whole, I did a video on my setup, which is, it, it obviously takes a lot and we could, this is another rabbit hole to like create the batteries and to ship into your house and all mm -hmm. that. But once you have it all set up, you have batteries, I have batteries in my garage and I have solar panels on the roof and the whole thing just kind of works as a cycle, hardly ever touches the grid, charges the card, the house runs off of electricity from solar all day. Nice. And so that's like a nice ideal setup, but it's still not carbon zero because you have to get it all to the house. There's, mm. there's that whole rabbit hole. Um, but I think what we want to talk about is some of these big tech companies where it's like, okay, now if you're Google, how how on earth do you attack that problem of like all of your buildings and all of your manufacturing and electricity and the lights and everything being uh, clean energy? Mm. We have a quote here from Google. Google has claimed that they have matched 100% of its global annual electricity consumption with the purchase of renewable energy. Okay. Okay, so this kind of feels like another accounting practice. What does this mean? I mean, it's it's tough because this is great. Like, we like that Google is investing their money in clean energy, right? We I, I want to say, Google, Jonathan P. Google, if you're listening, thank you. You're doing, I love what you're doing with the place. Um, the, the accounting strategy is real, right? Like, you're generating power from all sorts of places. Those electrons get mixed up in a big electron soup, mm -hmm. and then they're powering Google. So, like the various parts of Google. So you're, it's not as though like every electron that turns on the light in Johnny Google's office is from a renewable energy source. Mm -hmm. right? But they are, I believe they are accounting for all that energy through things like power purchase agreements and uh, rec purchases, which are renewable energy certificates. So when you, oh man, God, I'm, I, I know what I'm gonna say and I'm already bored by what I'm saying, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Um, when you produce clean energy, you, you dump it into the grid and you also get a rec or a renewable energy certificate that okay. you can sell and that's a way to incentivize more renewable energy Got it. generation. Yeah. So Google can effectively offset the electricity that they use by making sure that they have accounted for all their electricity through purchasing direct from 
renewable energy companies or purchasing renewable energy certificates for the megawatt hours that they've been using. Okay, so, so it kind of divides again into like those two camps of like you can either get your supply as clean as possible mm -hmm. or you can accept that your supply won't always be clean, but sort of accept that total and purchase offsets in some way that can account for that. Right, which is what we want to encourage, right? We sure. want to incentivize that, but also like it, in, it also encourages Google to make claims like every single thing we've ever done is renewable energy. We've yeah. never once even thought about using natural gas as an energy source. Yeah. And like, of course, you could very easily point to a time when uh, some station was run on yeah. natural gas. Uh -huh. yeah. But because they bought so many offsets, they can say that everything they've ever done has been offset. Right. In fact, right. like legacy emissions, this is a new yeah. thing. I think Microsoft is is kind of hot on this, where it's like, we're going to calculate all the electricity we've ever used and offset that. Hmm. But also, like, Google is doing some cool shit where they will install uh, geothermal uh, generation oh. on their, I think their Bayview campus is all geothermal heat pumps. Wow. And so that's, like, powered pretty renewably, and also it cuts down on their water usage. So, mm. like... They're doing cool. I, I wanted to, you know, talk more about the language because, you know, Google lays down this sort of complicated, like matched one hundred percent. You know, it's not exactly like the clearest sentence mm. in the world, but in the sort of Apple companion sister press release that they always do, mm -hmm. um, they full on say Apple's global facilities are powered with a hundred percent clean energy across forty three countries, which just feels like an impossible wrong thing. So are you allowed to say powered with 100% clean energy, even if you're just, just offset? Mm. It? Yeah. So I think Apple's claim that they've like, they're powered 100% renewable in 43 yeah. countries when they only have power generation in 20 something countries is like, so you're not powered by that. You're doing the yeah. offsetting. And I, and to my knowledge, I think they are also doing some kind of power purchasing or or rec purchasing or something and just calling it powered because you can do the mental judo to make it feel like that's what's powering you is that I, sorry to interrupt is that yeah. kind of like when they say like made with made with a hundred percent real juice or something and it's like <laughs> half half from concentrate but it's made with a hundred percent real juice. There was a yeah. an or so at you the can, you can there was say, an attempt. Yeah, there was an or at the you know what I mean? Like that. I think it's actually even worse than that because yeah. oh. the FDA pretty tightly regulates things like that, yeah. and there are such loose regulations mm. in what you're allowed to say. Europe, uh, I think the European Parliament is is starting to crack down on that, mm -hmm. and so like you can't make greenwashing claims like 100% clean powered. If it's not, mm -hmm. the U.S., bless our little hearts, hmm. uh, has fewer scruples about what a company is allowed mm. to say marketing-wise. Um, so, yeah, I think Apple can say that and they can back it up by proving, oh, every single time we, we you know, like flushed a toilet that doesn't that's the one thing that doesn't take electricity my god every time we turned the light on and yeah. turned the fan on uh -huh. at in the bathroom yeah wow what i'm blowing <laughs> this um we can account for that in renewable energy right, right. Yeah, and yeah. yeah i mean like they they can you know like they kind of can and also no one's gonna uh, no one's gonna walk into tim cook's office who runs apple now 
Tim Cook. Tim, Tim Cook. Cook. Okay, okay, great. So I almost is, said Steve Jobs. I no, really did. Yeah. No one's going to dig up Steve Jobs and arrest him. So this is a really interesting thing because Apple kind of, I've learned a lot about what Apple's been doing and they, they kind of do both sides of this where, mm. yeah, they clearly can't be completely renewable and so their statements kind of feel fuzzy in that way. But on the other hand, they have a lot of solar on on their HQ. I doubt the entire thing runs from solar, but they, they have a lot of solar there. They have all these solar farms that they've contributed to building. And then the one thing that really stuck with me was uh, having a meeting with them, them talking about manufacturing. Mm. And also, that's a very cool sentence to say. Having a meeting with Apple. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. We've... And Look, they, they love to talk our ear off about all the great things that yeah. they're doing. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. But one of the things that stuck with me was they may say that they're doing some things and you can split it into these two buckets. But one thing about Apple is they, they've told me like strongly they're trying to make the best effort to, to use sustainable suppliers. Mm. And so they'll go to a supplier and say, we will only do business with you if you are reaching this benchmark or mm. if you are this much more sustainable. And so instead of just buying the credits, they're actually making that effort. And then on top of that, because they're such a big company, the suppliers, number one, they want that business. So they're going to try to do that. Right. And then every other company who uses that same supplier for something just had their process, their supply chain get that much more sustainable mm. as well. So the biggest companies going through the effort to adjust their supply chain to be more sustainable does have feels like a really good impact on the entire system, if that makes sense. I think that's a great point. And I think I think uh, what we want is every company to be like trying for that. Yeah. I will note the sentence that Apple told you was, we're trying mm. to make the best effort mm -hmm. to work with mm -hmm. people who are like clean in the supply chain, which is just like couching all their, you know, like at the end of the day, they're trying to make another trillion dollars or whatever mm -hmm. and they're really good at it and they have so much money right yeah. like they if they wanted to yeah they could just say we're only working with suppliers who do this yeah so like they are doing a lot and i really respect the accomplishments that they have made and i think our job as like people in the same world as apple is to like say good job but also don't stop where you're at because that's not far enough yeah or you can say whatever version of good job and you can make it mean if you want even good start good, good start. start yeah Spe it's a good start speaking of yeah. clean energy and um kind of near the end of this topic there's a thing that apple did either at the beginning of this oh, year yeah. or nice. last year bitmojis yeah, bit yeah, yeah. Um, huge yeah <laughs> uh that we made a short on where Basically, by default, on every iPhone running mm. a certain iOS version or whatever, uh, it now automatically will only pull power when your grid is coming from a clean energy source unless mm. you turn it off. It is mm. opt-out. And I wanted your opinion on both what is exactly does – how does that work? Like, how does your grid sometimes come from clean energy sure, and sometimes sure. not? Can you just give, like, a brief, like – top-down recap of what that looks like yeah and no also problem. if you think that that is actually super impactful or not yeah yeah um okay so i think uh what probably what apple's language is is like we're gonna charge when the grid is most renewable yes. right yes because like some grids never never renewable Correct. all natural gas you know like some sometimes there's just or not all natural gas but like the majority of the electricity is generated by natural gas 
However, in California, for instance, there's this thing called the duck curve. Is this, has anyone heard of this thing? No. It's like, don't worry about it. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Um, it's, it's basically, don't, don't stop Googling. Don't know. Um, basically like we've put so much rooftop solar. It does look like a duck. I, I totally think the opposite. I've never seen the duck. People have been like, look, it's a duck. And I'm like, fuck you. It's a duck. sees the rabbit. It's a stretch. It's not. Okay. Yeah, that's true. It's a stretch. But what it, what it, what it is, is, uh, there's enough solar electricity being generated in California that they can't use it all. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it, it creates this kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, so if you're in California, your iPhone is most likely to charge on this renewable energy charging All at the time. peak hours in mm -hmm. the like noon kind of when there's the most sun and the most solar on the grid because that grid is like maximum solar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is my understanding of how this Apple works. If if you are out there, Tim, I know you're watching this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nice pajamas last night. Um, what a weird, what a horrible thing for me to say, to Tim. Um, uh, yeah, so I think this is how that works. But if you are in a place where there is not a lot of renewable energy being dispatched into your grid, it's just going to have to pick the time when it's like, oh, there's like a little bit more wind. Maybe it got like windier it's tonight. It's a mix, yeah. Yeah, or like there's more nuclear online or Is or that like public like that. information that your iPhone can collect? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can, the Energy Information Administration, EIA, Matt, fact check. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can I mean, you can't get like, your um, specific part yeah, of transmission, yeah. but like you can get a breakdown of your chunk of the grid. So like you could look at New York State and New see State. basically what's happening. Right. And it's different for different times of the year. So like the shoulder months where there's less electricity load for AC and more uh, solar. So say like September, October, that's where you have the, the biggest, uh, where they're dumping a lot of solar in California. Mm -hmm. Matt is a, an engineer turned comedian. Uh, and so that's it. there's not a lot of those out there. So if you find one, hold on to them. That's yeah. me too. Oh really? Uh, I'm not funny. You're very funny. <laughs> I thought you were a computer scientist. That's the same thing. That's, as that's an like engineer. an engineer. Matt's like a it's real, like real engineer. A computer scientist <laughs> is just an engineer who Matt drives <laughs> trains. Okay. <laughs> wow. I was making a bad joke that um, if was funny would be would make my point true if you were a comedian uh, here's what happened i felt i felt like i needed to defend myself but oh. objectively it was funny I'm it was the right moment it was Thank the right you. timing you said it right i just was like someone's gonna yeah. get mad at me yeah and i didn't want that i'm not a comedian but i can be funny you're a funny guy when there's 1.46 billion active iphones mm -hmm. uh throughout the world do you see that as actually being an impactful change like that uh, only charging at peak hours kind of thing. So I think, uh, I mean, that's not going to be the thing that saves us. But I yeah. think the thing that saves us is like a hundred thousand things that won't save us. You know, like our salvation is going to come at the hands of like an everything thrown at the wall kind of approach. Right. An Apple doing an opt out yeah. version of this is mm. awesome. It felt like a big deal to us because yeah. they normally companies don't do opt out things unless right. they're trying to screw you over but this <laughs> this seems like a like wait this is like good for everyone yeah it felt like a thing they didn't have to do they flipped the switch everyone's phones are doing it by default and you can then people were happy to opt out in the comments but it was just the fact that that many phones all at once opted in felt like it made a dent 
So really, your video about how to opt out probably was probably carbon negative. negative. Yeah. Marquez, <laughs> probably a bad thing. Oh yeah. man, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's really cool. I think it it is free for Apple to do because mm-hmm. they're not paying for the electricity. Sure. So like, it's a very cool move. Way to go, Tim. It goes back to the beginning thing. Every company has got a good public facing and private facing reason. Right. Yeah. The private facing reason is uh, that was pretty good PR. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it actually does make a difference. So that was yeah. good to see. That is cool. That most of what they're they're doing with emissions when they're looking at carbon emissions is scope three. Mm. So they're actually looking at um, what's happening with their products when they're out in the world. Not like what's happening at their offices or what's happening in their trucks. Like they're looking at like these products are living out in the world. And so over the course of your life, your iPhone, like you're charging it on the grid. And so it is also affecting their carbon emissions because like the vast majority, like 90 plus percent is scope three, which includes charging your iPhone. So it, it, it all ties back into the same thing of like carbon neutrality, where if they can get an iPhone onto a cleaner charging system, that's reducing their carbon emissions oh. because they're actually counting that with their can yeah. they their track that they can estimate they can estimate yeah. that that's yeah. really interesting, interesting. I, had, I had no idea yeah, that, that it was oh, yeah, yeah. when you're looking at like carbon emissions for these companies tech companies it's like like 95 percent yeah uh, i mean maybe microsoft was, was 96 yes yeah, like very very yeah. high scope three wow. which is outside the company wow that's yeah. interesting because yeah. I, when i look at a, a massive company like a microsoft to google apple whatever I just automatically picture huge buildings and tons of lights and manufacturing equipment Mm. and all this stuff that naturally feels like it has to be making a big impact. But probably more than all of that put together, or as we're learning is more than all of that, is probably the transportation of getting it to you and then the energy that it burns while it's in your hands. Mm. So this is something when when Apple came out, I think it was earlier this year, and they said that the the Apple Watch this year, Series 9, is Apple's first ever carbon neutral product, fully carbon neutral. Right. They said that that includes the entire lifetime of you using and charging it, mm-hmm. which obviously they don't know how much you're going to use it or charge it or how or when you're going to use it and charge it. Right. But they've made that estimate. They've reduced as much possible in the manufacturing and getting it to you and bought enough offsets that they feel that they can claim that the Apple Watch for the lifetime of owning it makes no impact to the environment, or at least that's what they want you to think. Yeah, I think that that sounds like a, like a really good start. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Okay, hmm. well, I think that's, that's a pretty good place to leave off for clean energy. We got one more section on recycling coming up, so that's a pretty good place for a natural break. We'll be right back. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. 
AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. All right. Welcome back. We've got one more section, one more topic to cover with these these tech companies and their green stuff. And that's recycling. <laughs> and we're you not got, talking about juice. Yeah. We got to talk recycling. You almost went hard on them. And, you're like, was, and they're I, green stuff. stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I the, the quote again came up in my head about like a hundred made with 100 percent juice. And I just keep replaying mm. that in my head because every time I see one of these recycling quotes, mm. it kind of feels like I don't know how to read this quote in a way that would actually answer what I'm supposed to know about this, but I'll give you some examples. Hit me. And uh, you can tell me what you think about them. Uh, Apple promises that by 2025, magnets in Apple devices will use entirely recycled rare earth elements. All Apple-designed printed circuit boards will use 100% recycled tin soldering and 100% recycled gold plating. Oh, cool. And by 2025, the target is to use 100% recycled cobalt in all Apple-designed batteries. Apple-designed Apple-designed. Which Apple ones just, are Apple-designed? Yeah, okay. Which ones are not? So some of these feel like made with 100%. I don't know exactly if that's what that means. Mm. Um, but all of them seem like good things. I mean, sure. you obviously want to use as many recycled materials as possible. What was that quote that you had about like if all the phones anyone's oh, yeah. ever bought? So uh, there's a company in France, uh, I think, that maybe somewhere in Europe that makes I'll, uh, I'll fact check as you go. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a company <laughs> called Fairphone. Oh, yeah. And they Amsterdam. make these like Amsterdam, yeah. They make these uh, Amsterdam France. Yeah. <laughs> they make these phones that are supposed to be like upgradable and last a long time, but their biggest thing is that they are just trying to like be better about getting people to be more climate conscious. Mm. And uh, we interviewed the CEO and he he said something about cobalt where he said if you took Every phone that was sitting in a drawer somewhere in someone's house and you recycled all the cobalt in it, we'd never have to mine cobalt again. Dang. Yeah. yeah. So pretty crazy. And everyone's crazy. got that drawer. Like when you exactly. said that, I thought it, I was like, yeah, I know the exact drawer that's got four of my old iPhones. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think that's like so. So cobalt is like a extremely renewable resource, right? Uh, I mean, it, uh, yeah, so every every molecule of every element is a, a, a commodity, right? It like it is identical to any other molecule. Mm -hmm. So in that way, yes, they are renewable, um, or they're not, you said it was not, like not so much renewable percent. as in reusable, recyclable. Reusable, renewable right. means like regenerative. Yeah, they're all finite, but they're all 
potentially reusable. Yeah, right. Sure. And th the problem is uh, it's kind of hard to organize every single person in the world to like go to their drawer, get it out, give it to the, the right factory. Yeah. And then that factory has to like go into the phone, take the cobalt out, re uh, homogenize it mm -hmm. in whatever way cobalt is. I, I'm, I'm over my skis here. I don't know how cobalt is like actually recycled into a new cobalt phone. But like that is totally true in the same way that like if we were able to like get all of the food that's wasted at a restaurant in America to every other country, like no one would ever go hungry again. Like mm. technically accurate, mm, probably right. or, or close to it. I mean, not no one, whatever. Just it's not close, but not it's like logistically insane. Got to it do. for right. sure. Yeah, right. yeah. But in general, I think. I think this is one of the easiest ones to get everyone on the same page, which is mm. uh, virgin materials bad, recycling good. <laughs> feels like the feels like the simple, uh, at least from the messaging that I see from these tech companies, mm, it feels yeah. like the thing that they're all stressing. Like we want to use as many recycled materials as possible because that is sustainable. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, I think that the messaging is going to say a lot of that, and, and to a to an extent, that's very true. Mm. Um, however, they're you know like they're they're in they're, they're trying to hit a quota right mm -hmm. they have to make a certain amount of phones and if they can't get the recycled cobalt from a drawer in your mom's attic or something not to why did i drag your mom into this doesn't matter uh, if they can't get that that phone they're gonna mine the cobalt out of whatever cobalt mine they 100%. need to because like they're gonna do that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i mean like that, that's not to say they shouldn't use recycled cobalt and i'm really happy that they are yeah but like it's it's a uh, it's a piece of the puzzle, right? It sort of feels like with all the things that we've talked about so far today, it's like it it feels like we're reaching a point in capitalism where it's more cost effective for the company to do things that are climate positive in a lot of ways. Would you say that's the case? I think we're slowly getting to that point. I think still to this day, it is probably more cost effective for a company to mine new material than mm. it is for them to recycle it just because like when when you're mining it you're getting it a giant vein of it mm -hmm. in one shot and you don't have to do a lot of processing to get it to pry it out of old phones right i think like if there was some kind of law that was like it's we're gonna put a giant tariff on like mining new cobalt Yes, that would be super cost effective. They would all go after all the old phones. There'd be like a huge phone buyback program. Mm -hmm. That would absolutely be a fantastic move. But I think like it tends to be a little easier to mine it. And companies are very incentivized to do the easy, fast thing. So like that's why there's so much mining right now. Mm, yeah. Which is crazy because cobalt is not like an easy metal to mine right. like it's not found in places that are necessarily the most accessible it's it's you know it it's crazy that it's it's easier to go to the congo into the middle of the jungle and pull this stuff out of the ground than it is to like you know not to bring her back into it but go to david's mom's house and go to this, the attic of david Mom's yeah house. you know what i mean you've yeah. all done it it also it, it kind of strikes me that a recycling would be the easiest for uh, regular people to get on board with. Like we talked about that feature before where it's opt out, where mm. it's going to flip a switch on everyone's phones and it's going to, if you plug it in, maybe not charge for a couple hours until you're on clean energy. And people are like, oh, that's 
so inconvenient. I'm going to disable that on my phone. I wish it would just charge. But like nobody can tell the difference between a recycled aluminum frame on their phone and a brand new aluminum frame on their phone. I feel like the more of these metals and, and rare earth magnets and all these things that happen to be recycled in your phone generally the better because I feel like I can't tell the difference. No, I think that's true. I think like it, it would be amazing to like have that be the the uh, status quo where we're just like recycling old phones and my god there are so many phones out there like if we yeah. could just take those phones and disassemble them uh, and put those elements right back in a new phone that would be awesome yeah I think like it it tends to not be that easy recycling facilities are like you have to kind of mulch up a phone and like use different density sorting techniques to get different elements out of it yeah and it's not a perfect science mm -hmm. yet it's like hard to do um, but uh, emphasizing that to companies we want more recycled in our phones that's i think a really good move i i would love your take on this thing that happened recently mm -hmm. uh there's this company called OnePlus, right and they hate them hate them no what's what uh, are they what are they, they, made, they made sorry one plus oh. catching a stray right there what what is one plus what the, do they do they're a phone company okay they made, all right strike one strike one uh they made this folding phone recently okay right expensive seventeen hundred dollars they have this uh rebate that lasts until the end of time, until they stop selling the phone, where if you send them in any phone in any condition from any, any OnePlus phone, no, any phone, anybody's all. phone, well, any phone. sure, I guess. Like, Mark, Mark asked, can I borrow your phone? I got to send a text right <laughs> Any phone that has ever been made, if you send them a phone, okay, uh, it could be burned to a crisp, it could be whatever, they will give you a $200 off their new folding phone. Oh, and uh, somebody in, in my briefing was like, so it could be like, you know, a, 12 year old phone or like something that Barrett like doesn't work anymore and they're like yeah and there's been a lot of questions like why would they do that and my intuition was they're trying to get the cobalt from it either as a credit of sorts that they can use later or that they can like reuse in their devices but I don't know if that's way too expensive to do mm. It probably costs more than $200 per device. Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, there's definitely not $200 worth of cobalt in every phone. Um, I think, I mean, it sounds it sounds cool. I think that's a cool move for one phone, one plus. One plus. One plus yeah. to do. Yeah. Sorry, one plus. It sounds pretty cool. Um, and... I, yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I suppose there's like a. I bet it's a fifteen hundred dollar phone that they're like. We better tack yeah, on an extra two hundred bucks. My for the, guess was like they just want it to seem more premium, but it cost them yeah. less. Mm -hmm. I think in general, a lot of these folding phones have bigger margins. They are more expensive, but they have to make them expensive to look like the highest end thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they have bigger margins to play with, and maybe they're just taking the two hundred dollar hit in the margins to. Maybe it's a combo of marketing and recycling and the cobalt they get from it and whatever they'll be able to say in the next keynote yeah. about how many phones they we recycled. recycled 50,000 I mean, cool. phones All that you. put together, yeah. yeah. Which And that's just from net. one guy's mom's house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that feels My like a net positive. Many phones. Yeah. But uh, as with any... drug dealer. What? Whoa. <laughs> as with any <laughs> of these... My drug is cobalt. <laughs> um, as with any of these quotes, there's obviously... Uh, language that's very specific to them mm -hmm. and there's an asterisk at the end of that apples. is the that's the whole thing about quotes yeah. language that's very specific to very them. E specific yeah very specific with this one so yeah. apples that i read at the end with the apple design batteries has an asterisk oh. so the quote again is by 2025 they're targeting using a hundred percent recycled cobalt in all apple design batteries okay. asterisk. asterisk oh <laughs> the uh -oh. asterisk says when you scroll down to the bottom 
all Cobalt content references are on a mass balance system basis. Okay. I read this and I don't know what that means. So when I knew you were coming, I decided not to Google it. I would just ask you. <laughs> okay, so uh, as far as I understand, mass balance system is about inputs versus outputs. So when you say mass balance, if you have almost all recycled cobalt or all recycled cobalt going into the system, mm -hmm. anything that's coming out of the system gets to be counted as 100% recycled cobalt. Okay. So even if you've got somewhere in the line, and, and please, if you're out there and you're like, that's not what it means, leave a comment and, and I'll respond to it and I'll say, thanks, Jackson. Um, yeah, so mass balance is a way to, because when, you, and it's also probably not 100%, recycled cobalt in the whole thing, you know, in the same way it's like, oh, it's 100% recycled plastic in the in the phone, but it's actually like, oh, actually just the back case is recycled and 58% right. of the, oh, yeah. the plastic total is recycled. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a way to allow inputs to be counted in the system itself because when you are recycling something, you're mixing all the molecules together. You just like the electricity or just like the offsets where you you need to be able to uh, account for the extra inputs in the system. So maybe maybe you're flushing the system with recycled cobalt, and eventually all of the the phones and all of the batteries are using recycled cobalt. But okay. it's a way to kind of couch it a little bit. Yeah, and the thing you mentioned also with the different parts of the phone is mm. very 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 common for these quotes mm. where they'll say mm. that we're using uh, recycled aluminum, but they'll say it's just the enclosure of the Pixel Five where there's a lot of aluminum also in the frame on the inside of the phone that they don't talk about. So mm -hmm. it'll just be the outside, which you're holding, and you're holding recycled aluminum, that's great. But Feels stuff like good. that comes up a lot. The enclosure of the phone, the frame of the phone, this yeah. part of the phone is recycled aluminum, right. which is nice, uh, and which also brings up another thing also, which is uh, Google's quote for recycled aluminum. It was back housing only. <sighs> And it recycled aluminum is approximately 58% of the Pixel 5 enclosure based on weight. Okay. So specific. Yeah. yeah and, and like, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm clear here. Like, this is a good thing to be recycling this material. Absolutely. And the engineers, the, the mechanical engineers or whoever's designing or what, I don't know how phones work. Um, these, these guys are like, we're trying to do our best, you know, like we're, we're, we're doing our best to put as much in there. And then the marketing arm is like, got it. Now, how do we like spin this in one line and make it really pop? Yeah. And that's where this sort of like judo comes in. Mm -hmm. So I want to say like, great job on the 58% of recycled material. Let's see how high we can get that. But then when you see a quote, that's like a hundred percent recycled and you're like, well, back away from the table like a blackjack dealer and like move on to the next thing like you can't you can't let them stop at a hundred percent when a hundred percent is 50 right right but it's good but it's not there yet yeah 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 it says yeah. the aluminum in the enclosure of the pixel 5 is a hundred percent recycled content in which i would say so is ours so um nice. recycled content see you wow. are a comedian don't sell yourself short <laughs> but a hundred percent of 58 percent is 58%. No one can do that math. That's too hard. Yeah. <laughs> and that, to me, that is the exact fruit juice thing. That right there. Yeah. Right. The yeah. aluminum in the enclosure of the Pixel 5 is 100% recycled content. 
But that recycled content is 58% recycled <laughs> right. content. Yeah, it's okay. Like, <laughs> got what is it. That? 50% of the time it works every time? Yeah. yeah. That asterisk yeah. is doing a lot of heavy lifting. But, like, that's not the engineer. Like, the engineers are doing their best. I you know, know I, don't, yeah. I don't know. There's, it's, no, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's easy, tricky. especially in, um, especially on YouTube or on the internet in general. People want to be like, this is only terrible or this is only amazing but right. it's sort of one of those middle ground things where it's like it is a net positive even though it is also beneficial for the company to be doing it mm, one of those kind mm, of things yeah. and you know i mean it doesn't feel good to be like thanks apple you're really saving the planet yeah. because you know that their net emissions without all the offsets and stuff are still like yeah. but yeah it's still good you don't want to like be mad at companies for doing the best that they can you know uh, I mean? well you are they doing the best that they can? Well, I mean, that's like they're, they're, doing they're doing the doing best something. that they want to do. Something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like right. I think I think that's that's where we exist. We can like we force them to do better or ask them to do better. Yeah, and also yeah. be happy that they're doing right, doing something. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's a good place to like summarize it all because at the end of the day, we vote with our wallets. Like, if we actually want to make decisions based on what these companies are saying about not just how well the product works, but how sustainably well it's made. We can make that difference to them because that's the thing they care the most about is where we spend our money. So when we are evaluating what these companies are saying, we can push them a little bit on, okay, you could do better here or you could do more here or you could be more sustainable here mm -hmm. and actually buy products and make it uh, obvious that that's why you're buying the product. Yeah. So, Although we, we vote with our wallets, but we like encourage with our mouths and social media. So correct. like- that's that's the other thing. If you're out there and you Nudge like want to push these guys, like push them. Like they, f for some reason, they listen to you on Twitter. You know, like they listen. They like <laughs> they take all that into account and like be that be that force. If you're out there, yeah. Don't let them off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. The Fairphone company that we were talking about is one of the most interesting ones in the space because yeah. they have made a conscious effort to. And I made a video about this to make their entire smartphone from the beginning of the process from the the offices that they work in to the manufacturing to the mining to the packaging to the shipping the whole thing to be as sustainable and renewable as possible and the trade-off with a phone that makes all of those decisions is it's not as thin and pretty and it's not made of metal it's got a plastic back there all these all these things that are a little got bit it right here <laughs> yeah. it's got it's got a little bit of the uh do you want to go all the way or not yeah and <laughs> i think people will vote with their nuance somewhere in the middle right. as we all follow that example of yeah. what fairphone does there's a there's a new sort of um soc like computer process that people are doing where they do everything on one die now instead mm. of having like the ram is separate from the gpu is separate from the motherboard now it's all oh, yeah. one and integrating everything like that makes these things exponentially faster so like apple and uh announced the m1 architecture a couple of years ago and that's mm. what all these computers are running on they're not very repairable so yeah. there's sort of this awkward tension between like if we want to keep advancing technology, becoming more integrated is like kind of what you have to do. Mm. But then there's the flip side of like, you can't fix it. Yeah. So And repairability is like one of the biggest ways to be sustainable. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, so we're the, the right to repair argument. Uh, we're going to do an episode on right to repair on oh, our, cool. our YouTube channel, Climate Town. Oh, I'm so excited. On Climate Town yeah. at YouTube.blogspot. Um, 
Is that the plug? Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. I also have a podcast called The Climate Deniers Playbook. There we very go. Nice, All right. It's on nice. it's on Spotify. Oh. Hosted on Exclusive. the World Wide Web. Oh, damn. Oh. <laughs> Too it's many hosted plugs. in my mom's attic. <laughs> But yeah, right repair is that's a good callback. See, you got the chops, wow, man. You, got, we you could go all the way with that one. But yeah, right repair is one of those things that we we always. I made a video about this as well. It's like okay, we want tech to be better. Mm. Tech gets more integrated, gets more tightly knit, gets faster. Now it's less repairable. Now it's less sustainable. Yeah. So that's yeah. a challenge we yeah. all have to sort <laughs> yeah. of contend with. Yeah, that's true. But there's also like Apple being. In, in, like purposely difficult to exactly. repair and yeah. that's the yeah, yeah that's the yeah issue. there are things on the fringes that are notably anti-repair mm. which make it really tough to justify all the rest of the stuff that they do yeah mm. are you kind of wrapping it up now? yeah i was gonna say the ev rabbit hole is way too deep to dive into now <laughs> oh god oh, big one <laughs> I'll come back later. I'll come back in an in an EV. Oh, the, what no, about okay. the you want to do the the leather one? We have like quick hits. Oh yeah, yeah, quick yeah. hits. Okay, sure. cool. okay, yeah. All right, I think I'll, I'll, we'll wrap it up with a couple quick hits. No okay. pressure to think too hard about these, but also all of the comment section is, is waiting to comment about these quick We've got hits. a bunch of quick hit heads in, yeah. the, in the comments. A couple okay. quick hits. They here. skip straight to this part of the podcast. Yeah. There's timestamps for, for them to get mad here. All right. But okay. Yeah, 10 seconds for each answer. <laughs> uh, first one, is net water positive a real or interesting thing we should care about? It's a bit of an accounting technique. Google uses net water positive to imply that they're gray or non-potable water. Potable obviously being Latin root for uh, potare, right? Not potable. Uh, they oh. use that to say we're catching more rainwater so we're cycling out how much potable water we're oh. using and we're collecting more than we're oh, using like and okay yeah so That's it's good. but and then they also use as much pot potable water as they as they want um apple getting rid of all leather in all of their stores and all of their products feels like a good thing but doesn't vegan leather use a ton of energy to create yeah, but like it also doesn't produce all of the methane that we're seeing like cattle farms produce. So yeah. like certainly there are bad parts of everything, but like I'd rather have like a vegan product that produces all so little methane rather than like a leather product that is part of this in, in, giant meat industrial complex yeah. that's like slowly drowning the entire planet. Totally fair. Uh, is it true that shipping more products via ocean than air is actually a good thing? Absolutely, yes. Um, it's a little bit slower, but when you think about buoyancy, right, uh, uh, you can make a ship naturally buoyant and a plane requires like a ton. Were you thinking about buoyancy too hard there? There's a running joke here on the pod that none of us understand how boats work. Don't know oh. how they work. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good bit. Just, just perplexes I get planes, us. but I just don't really, you know, boats are just. Yeah, kinda... joke, right. Well, air is a fluid. <laughs> air is a fluid. So just yeah. imagine how. And boats don't have wings. So what the f they do? They have little tiny wing. They have one wing on the bottom Spinning of the boat. little wings. It's called the yeah. keel. Yeah. Or the dagger board if you're in a sailboat. This is see like my eyes they're just I can't. yeah they, they like, turned they turned all black much. for a second and he like, yeah. covered off his chair. You could cover buffering. a donut with all that glaze. Damn. Okay. Nice. Next. So <laughs> yeah, the quick hit heads are going crazy in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Well, last quick hit. True or false? The EV battery rabbit hole is too deep to dive down right now. Uh, true, but only because I want to come back and talk to you guys about that later. We mm, are gonna have to allowed. do a separate episode yeah. just on. On the EV the rabbit thing. hole, because we would we'd be happy to dive down that rabbit hole. Yeah, with you. I have a quick hit. Sure, Raleigh. Yes. How fast can you type the alphabet? Wait, five point nine seconds. Oh. Would you like to prove that? Uh, 
no, but yeah, I'll do it. Let's I'll try do it. it. <laughs> All right, so the way this works is pretty simple, Raleigh. Uh, what you're looking at in front of you is a box. It's empty. All you've got to do is type all the letters of the alphabet in order from A to Z, and then don't hit enter at the end. When you hit Z, you'll have a time. Don't hit enter. Don't hit enter. Okay. In any order, or you got to type them in order, order. A B C D E F G, all the way to Z. When you hit Z, that's your time. We're gonna give you three attempts, and if you hit five point nine on the dot, I will give you a small trophy. Oh wow! And okay. uh, if you miss a letter, it will not accept any of the following letters until you hit you it. You have to so go back and if hit you it. go A, B, D, E, F, it'll D, E, F be waiting on C. But will it, it doesn't penalize me for hitting the wrong letter? Correct. So I can just mash in the area. Technically, yes. true. I mean, that's not going to be fast. It's a bad strategy, but you're technically right. right. But what if it isn't? <laughs> uh, you know what? Well, I'm going to... You have to hit them in order still. But well, you, can, you can hit like... Yeah. I'm, 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 I mean, you could just... I mean, I'm just going to try on. something really quick. I mean, theoretically, if you wipe 26 times in two <laughs> seconds, you'll get it 20. You'll get it two seconds. I can't cover. I can't quite cover all the keys. Alice is trying. It's very hard. Oh, I just uh, are you wiping though? Yeah. Are you wiping though? No, is the question. Sort of <laughs> answer the question. <laughs> answer the question. All right. Here we go. We've got it. We've got yeah, our leaderboard pulled up. That didn't work for me at all. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Five point eight. Wow, that's a pretty good first score. I was trying to get five point nine. Very, very close. You'll have two more attempts if you want to try to get faster than five point eight. Can I try we to get do... slower than five point eight? You Wait, can. What is the decimals on that? Just uh, round up. Camera. Five point eight four four. Okay. So you can either try to get exactly five point nine, or you can try to go for our leaderboard. Um, I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna try to go as fast as I can, and I bet I'm gonna get a five point nine. Okay, I'm not even better. That would be a huge win. Already. And it just it just resets, or do I have to reset it? Uh, yeah. you when you hit reset. enter, it does reset. Got it. Six point two. Damn okay. it. Okay. All right. One more time. Here we go. Uno mas. Five point nine. Wow. Five point nine seven three. Wow. wow. That's oh, pretty close. That's pretty good. Oh, you, I had to get 5.900. Technically, oh. this rounds up, but I'm impressed. You were three hundredths of a second. I am very impressed. Then Dr. Mike. So, yeah, just in case you're curious, your 5.8 puts you 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, wow. 8 at ninth on our all-time leaderboard. Pretty, really good. Wow. Right above Doug DeMiro, right behind our local dad, Andrew Manganelli. Yeah. <sighs> Well played. Thank you very 5. much. 5.8. But the five point, I feel like if, if I get a trophy for 5.9, that's got to go. That's that, got to be my score, What's the right? significance of 5.9? I was just guessing you it. Just, I you just, just thought I could it. maybe do it. You just nailed it. I, yeah. But I, I, got, I went a little over. It's pretty close. I went a little over and a little under, though. We yeah. don't keep track Average. of this, but 5.8 might have been the best first round score we've ever tom scott might have beaten that on his first round i yeah. can't quite remember yeah but yeah. that's a pretty great first i gotta tell you i'm a terrible typer i that's only use think. these fingers oh. <laughs> what do you think our slowest all-time time is if your 5.8 is terrible what, what do you think is the worst did anyone had? get disqualified for having a bad attitude or something <laughs> <laughs> we did have a certain someone start off by saying i am a bad typist really bad like hunt and peck mm. and he was not last place wow yeah um i guess i'm gonna say 12 seconds is the max david blaine was said subject he got 8.8 .8. 
Wait, David Blaine is the slowest. Oh, and he, he was, was said I'm a bad slowest. typist. Yeah, yeah. What was the slowest? Brandon. Uh, our local, <laughs> our local Brandon. <laughs> he got a nine point four. Okay, so no one's yeah. even no one's no one's been over ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's so good. good. You only have tech heads on the. On yeah, the we've show. got capable keyboardists here. Nice. Who's got the fastest score? Tom Scott. At what? Three point five. Get the f- out. Tom it was Scott? insane. It was yeah. insane. He yeah. was like, yeah, I think I can do it. <laughs> Done. That's, that's some classic Tom Scott. Yeah. I'm standing here over a keyboard. <laughs> there are 26 keys that I need to hit in the precise order. And he, he, that's he, for sure how it started. He was like insistent about doing it on his Dell laptop. He wow. Was, yeah, because he had the keyboard down. God, what a, what a, what a guy. What a god. Yeah. Okay, so to round this out, uh, we usually ask guests, is there anything that people don't generally know about the topic that we're talking about that you just really want them to know. Do you want these commenters to be like, huh, that's a fun fact about the climate that they just had no idea about? Um, So I want to, I think I want to stress that they probably don't know how ignorant I am on the topic, how ignorant like everybody is on the topic. Like these are, these are subjects that like we were, we're talking about this on the ride over and we were like, trying to wonder exactly how solar is curtailed and where the electricity goes when like it's produced or it's not produced. And there's just so much to every single part of this that I am like so surface level aware of, Mm -hmm. even after like a couple of months of study. So like these are complex, difficult topics that if somebody is like, oh, I'm an expert in how solar works, like they're not, they Mm -hmm. are, they're super not. And so I think that should, number one, let me tell you how you should feel about this, empowered to go out and learn. But um, more than anything, just like you you get to pick what you learn today and you get to pick like how far along a subject you get into. And it's probably worth your time to understand the climate crisis as deeply as you can. You'll never waste your time researching this stuff. Um, so by all means, please go research because there's like a bajillion things that I have no clue about and I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to figure them out. Yeah. If you yeah. make it that far. <laughs> then. I just get yeah. shot. <laughs> it's been a sting operation from waveform. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I think David, you meant climate change, mega death. Not, not yeah. like, oh, not okay. like big <laughs> oil like, assassinates Raleigh. What is this podcast? <laughs> But I think in general, it is, you're right. It's a good idea to, to learn about the world we live in, about the, about this planet. We only have one of them. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worth looking into. Yeah. Uh, this has been, this has been really fun. Like I said, we'll have you back. We'll talk about EVs. We'll do this again. Deal. But until the next one, where can they find you on the internet? Okay. Yeah. Um, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel called Climate Town. Check that out. We have... 24 videos out or something so it won't even take you that long to go through them all they're bangers though they're like 20 30 minute big time pieces <laughs> that's sometimes not how people describe bangers <laughs> i think they're like i think that's how on I youtube 2023 bangers. when i yeah. see a 25 minute video on my soapbox yeah. i'm like oh i'm popping the popcorn this is, the, this is yes. a good one well, I, yeah. I, yeah. then then they are ba- they are indeed bangers. bangers bangers to the last bangers only yes. yeah bangers only that's a good like that's my website Bangersonly.net. Bangersonly.net. Yeah, he had to plug um, that. In here. <laughs> it was Raleigh's link plugging time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's totally Continue. fine. I, I I'm gonna go there after this. Thanks. Uh, and yeah, uh, so that's that's the YouTube channel, the Climate Deniers Playbook. Check that out. That's uh, me and my comedy partner slash friend Nicole Conlin. Um, <laughs> she got a plug. She writes for the Daily Show, so she's oh, cool. really smart and really funny. 
Um, those are the two big ones. Follow us on Instagram. We're like just at Climate Town and at uh, Deniers Playbook everywhere. We have a Patreon page if you're feeling like you got an extra five bucks that you want to throw my way. That'd be cool. <laughs> the, I, the plug sound is going to make me really self-conscious about what's what's uh, what I'm plugging and not. We have a whole lighting cue with it, too. Oh, really? That was a plug for the lighting cue. This nice. is cool. And then also, if you... If you want to just get a little goofy with it, I have a, a billiards channel. If you just type my name, wait, wait, in... we can make this one serious. Okay. Since the dawn of time, mankind has wondered how do you hit a ball with a stick into another ball into a hole? And all these questions and more are answered at the YouTube channel, Raleigh Williams. Um, yeah. But don't do, do the Climate Town ones first. Don't do that one first. <laughs> Uh, only if there's if you've you, you are like I need more vitamin him in my life like then go check that out but not before you check out Climate Town. There That's it is. It. There it is. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching, for listening, for subscribing, of course, and for liking. And we'll read your comments. Catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Go for it. Waveform is produced by Adam Alina and Ellis Rovin. We are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro music is by Vane Sill. Bingo! So close. First take, bingo. You guys ready for the next section? Yes. Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> I'm about to sh recycle a bunch of jokes. Nice. nice. So. Okay, perfect. Baby, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you got it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to make it in this town, kid. Yeah. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.